0: Welcome, to Truck Stop Murder and True Crime Podcast. I am Gary Howard. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a current listener, thank you. If you're a new listener, let me tell you about what I do. I am a truck driver for Prima Express. I travel to 48 states, and during that time, I have to stay at truck stops for a 10 hour break or a 30 minute break sometimes. But either way, I'm staying at these truck stops. And on this podcast, I'll be talking about the amenities of the truck stop and everything around it you know as for restaurants the reviews and whatever and my personal views on it when i stayed there all these truck stops is one that i've stayed at during my time on the road and i'm still on am on the road but okay but before i start if you live in the dallas area on august 28th to the 29th is the 2022 true crime podcast festival where there's going to be a lot of podcasts too many to name i'll be whole episode to be just talking about podcasters from true crime and a handful of paranormal podcasters will be there too they're going to have discussion boards panels and a lot of live recordings and you get to meet these podcasters which will include myself i will be there as well doing a live recording on spotify live at 12 o'clock so you don't want to miss that so but with further ado let's talk about the truck stop I stayed at. I was going to do my truck stop itself. My truck company. I mean, I work with Prima Express, and I'll tell you why. Because what I'm the cover case I'm going to cover is the Lane Bryant murders. Which the owner, the original, the founder of that company was Lithuanian, and so happens the comp- the person that runs this company is also Lithuanian. They're from Lithuania. So I thought, but I didn't want to do just. Google reviews I try to get the recruiter to tell me but he won but I guess he's just too busy so anyhow there you go but right now we're going to talk about Thornton's Thornton's Travel Center now it's a fairly new one which is crazy because it does not have a big review it has like a 1.9 review rating of 26 reviews so it's rather new but nobody seems to like it I don't seem as that bad I mean, they don't have many parking spots. They have 12 parking spots. It says on Trucker's Path that it's paid parking spots, but I didn't see none. Overnight parking, there's cat scales there. Usually I go there because there's a couple other truck stops across the street. I don't care too much doing business for TA or Petros because they have a lot of parking over there, but 75% of them is paid parking. It's $20. Screw that shit especially since my sister-in-law is working there making chump change and they're making all that money just on parking i fuck them guys i don't know so but i go here it's just easier in and out use the caskell even though the caskell is Team and pilot but pilots is super busy all the time but this one's in moni illinois 25461 south Ridgeland avenue moni illinois 60449 it, like I said, it has 12 spots, no showers, nothing like that. And as for food, if you want to eat, everything's on the other side of the highway. So if you're coming down 55 going south, this would be on the west side. Majority of the restaurants, everything. Now there's plenty to eat on the east side. Let me see if I'm going right. I believe north. Yes, I'm east side. I had to kind of figure out where. 50 57 not 55 it's 57 I 57 i'm sorry i was wrong i 57 so if you're east of 57 on that road you have tons of restaurants so that's where you have the the petro and pilot one of these days i will cover that but as for now i'm going to cover thornton's is fairly no i came and do a google earth of it but the only thing to eat there is they don't have all the restaurants across that's why i was saying this because the only thing you eat here at thornton's is Thornton's truck stop food like hot dogs hamburgers and different things like that but it's not too bad they have a, a large variety of hot dogs and sandwiches and stuff like that so as for food I'm not going to be going too far much in the food but now let's talk about the reviews like I said it's crazy how people does not they do not like this place this is one guy says anonymous uh, four star views a small truck stop yep yeah, it is and then another Amanda says four stars. This is a mostly decent place, not a whole lot of parking, but when we get when we got here, and I'm gonna read all these as written, so if I sound I'm just reading it. We got here at seven forty five PM. They still had seven spots or so. Clean and good selection of non hot foods, bathrooms are clean, parking lot is clean, which I agree with there's not too bad. Now let's get with oddball. I parked bobtail in the front of the lot. If you know anything about truck drivers or stuff like that, it, that's the, like the one pet peeve that a lot of truck drivers, that pet peeve. Well, I guess one thing a lot of truck drivers bitch and complain and cry about. Why is that bobtail in that full par- do you, uh, Why don't he park somewhere else? Why can't, that's a whole trailer truck could fit there. They're just taking up a spot where a truck and trailer could fit. He don't need to park there. Well, whatever. He needs to park too. But yeah, he goes, I parked Bobtail in the front lot and was told to park in a truck lot by the police. So stop all the whining about Bobtails. They have to park in legal spots just like everybody else. And don't go to any of the Walmart stores around here. They will ticket and tow your truck. Now, I don't know about that. I know I parked my, no, no, just my car, never mind. But on here it says parking, but that's why I don't park at Walmart because you see a lot of these places on because i look at um my gps my ramic knowledge gps says if walmart if you're allowed to park there or not and here it says it too but a lot of times you want to look at the reviews because sometimes that information could be wrong and you park there just to get a knock on the window with your vehicle booted saying i need 1500 to get that thing off or in some cases they you begin towed while you're sleeping <laughs> but that's why i don't park there plus the parking spots usually tight. Let's see, <laughs> this, these Nuts it says, cheap diesel, newer truck stop that looks like it's been around for 10 years already. Employees look mad when they see a customer. <laughs> the restrooms are dirty, corn disguise. All the toilets look nasty. Floors were dirty. Sinks were the only clean thing there. It's been a year since the opening and looks run down. Even the air filters in the restroom look like they haven't been cleaned or changed since opening turns corporate needs to do a surprise shopper visit here to see how their investment is going. How their investments going? Definitely will only stop for a few. I don't feel like being a cashier for the day. SMH, unbelievable. Okay, like he's not happy with the place. Which I, it's been a while since I've been there. I mean, recently, but I, I didn't see it being that bad. But that's just a lot of convenience stores up in Chicago. They just Clearly, they, the people working there, do no, they don't like their job, but there's really nothing else, I guess, unless you know somebody or have experience or in a union. Let's see. Gobbler says, <laughs> three stars, Last night, 12-11, 8 p.m., I rode in there. and was two spaces open on a small lot. A parking lot local was backing into one, and I grabbed the other. There was a four-wheeler parked in a truck spot that the parking lot driver got into and promptly left i'm not going he had i'll go ahead reasons i got this far i got lucky it was late and you're in a pinch it's worth rolling in and having a look as far as the store goes it's a store don't expect much there is a pond behind the parking space with two large beaver dams right in the center and i'm sure the beavers are quite cozy in there laugh out loud okay then Arlington's too little of a place but they have beer there well he didn't say they have beer there but he has like four mugs of beer so and I don't remember I think they do have beer there actually airline no bobtail parking one star another star I don't know his name is lies about diesel prices okay there you go walk-in beer cooler lots of snacks and food this is a five star first five star for this place walk-in beer cooler lots of snacks food clean just too many bob tail drivers taking up half the spaces. Well, according to a cop, that's where they have to park at, which just baffles me. Why is the police going on private property and telling, so I don't know if that guy's telling the truth or, if you know, maybe this cop was bored. But why would a police officer go on private property and tell people where they can and can't park at unless the disgruntled employees call them instead of going out there and talking to them? themselves and say, hey, sir, can you please move back here? We'll just call the police. And let them do our dirty work. Okay, let's get in one more review, and this is a long one. And this is what sounds like this guy was parked on the exit, so I don't know why he's reviewing the truck stop, but it's a one star. He goes, well, I can't believe this. I was out of hours and decided to take my chance of staying in the exit for the truck stop. Like 10 other trucks. Okay, I see. Never mind. It's not the exit. There's Once you get out of the fuel lines, there's like an exit way and a lot of trucks. A lot of these storm trucks park along the exit way. They're not nobody's way. So, but people park there. And like 10 other trucks did. Do. Whoa. Let's start again. Wow, I can't believe this. I was out of hours and decided to take my chance of staying in the exit for this truck stop like 10 other trucks do about four hours in my sleep someone came banging on my door I woke up and peeped through the curtains of my truck with T R U K, and saw a man standing at the door I moved the curtains acknowledged him I saw something different immediately when he saw who I was I'm sure he doesn't know me but I realized that the problem was quickly the color of my skin Wow The guy got in a rage, I mean, within three minutes. By the time I can put on my clothes and got into my driver's seat, I saw him on the phone. I have no idea what was about to happen. I drove off and turned at the light, light, L-I-G-H, and I couldn't believe there were cops with lights blazing down the street and turned into the truck stop that I had just drove out of. Wow, this place is so full of hate when Jesus decided to walk away wait hey even Jesus decided to walk away that's the last time I fuel or away my truck here you're a cancer in the world ma'am people like you are the reason things are messed up in this world so there you go there is the Thorntons and Moni, and the only place to eat you can eat there now let's on to the murder we are talking about the Lane Bryant shootings. this happened right down the road around the corner from there if you take 57 north to 80 and go west on Harlem I think it is but we'll get to it but it's a marketplace in Tinley Park actually Brookside marketplace Lane Bryant shooting was the incident of mass murder and armed robbery at a Lane Bryant clothing outlet in Brooks marketplace in Stanley Park, Illinois a suburb of Chicago. But before we do this, I told you let's see the beginning of what happened, who started what is Lane Bryant? Because I know right now it's a TJ Maxx and I will get into that but the owner, actually not the owner, I don't know who owns it now but at the time, Lena Heimerstein Bryant Melson, that's what a name she was March 8, 1877 to September 2351, was an American clothing designer and retailer who founded the plus-size clothing chain Lane Bryant. So it was for big women at the time, but later became a turnkey clothes for women. Despite difficult circumstances, she saw a need and came up with a solution that revolutionized the women's fashion industry. Hemelstein U.S. chain store founder, born in Lithuania. Like I said, Hemelstein was taken to the United States at the age of 16 after the death of her first husband, David Bryan. She opened up a small dressmaking shop in uptown New York City in 1907. A customer asked her to design and make a maternity dress. Then, unknown in the country, so that she would be forced to remain, and so she wouldn't be forced to remain in seclusion because she just had no clothes to wear. Of course, back then, you you had to be modest, and if there's nothing to conform to your size, well, she needed something so she could go out. So as was the case of the women during pregnancy, Helmestine Design was immediately a success, and with the help of her second husband, Albert Melson, her business was enlarged in 1916. The firm was incorporated under the name of Lane Brining, and in 1969, it consisted of more than 100 stores and affiliations. By 1917, sales exceeded one million dollars, so that's a lot of money. And by 1968, they reached almost two hundred million dollars. In addition to maternity dresses, Lane Bryant began to design dresses and accessories for special plus-size women. So, the bigans began clothes, and these became a substantial part of the firm's turnover. She was a pioneer in employee benefits, offering employees support beyond wages by 1950 the more than more than 3500 lane bryant employees participated in profit sharing pensions disability group life insurance plans and fully reimbursed physicians visits and hospitalized so she's doing some really good things for these for her employees unlike another retailer i don't need to name but well, i guess that other retailer is getting a little better that i hear but both lane bryant malson and her husband advocated prenatal care and gave generous support to his advancement. Both were also active American Red Cross, the Federation of Jewish... I'm going to destroy this word. Phil P-H-I-L A-N-T-H-R-O-P-I-E-S and H-I-A-S. Her son, Raphael Bryant-Wilson, at one time worked as a reporter in New York Journal in 1929 he was persuaded persuaded to enter his mother's firm, and in 1938 became its president and helped to expand it. He also he was also the chairman of the board and town and country distributors and the Coward Shoe Company. So I like to, I'm, I'm gonna have to look that up. I to see what the Coward Shoe Company is. What kind of shoes they look like. And in eight, 1982, the chain was bought by the limit, by the limited. Okay. For many years Melson was president for Musician Music of Westchester, Westchester. He was also a chairman of the Board of Trustees of New York Hospitals for Joint sens- Cities and was a generous supporter by many Jewish philanthropists. There goes that word again. P H ph- I L A N T H R O P I C. I guess I could have figured out what that sounded like before I started. Okay, back to Mrs mrs lane bryant you know dress chain found in new york september mrs bryant moulson who she lived for actually her life expanded she died when she was 72 years old at turn of the century founded a woman's wear business where she grew into now none of this is not making no sense what i'm saying right now so let's start again mrs lane bryant you know with their businesses with the clothes into grew into lane bryant nationwide chain She died of a heart attack on April 27th on 5th Avenue. She was 72 years old. Her firm promptly probably was most widely known for her creating a ready-to-wear maternity dress. She started it as a non penniless near penniless, you know, clothing line working in a one-room, third-floor flat in the governor. So, she she started off with nothing. Came to this country in, in 1895 from Lithuania. So now, some of the slogans this place had. Let's see what the slogans were. Old Lane, well, Ode from 1980s to 2014, it was Old Lane Bryant logo. Okay. 95 to 2004, what real women wear. 2004 to 2010, also was Bold, Modern, and You. 2010, 2012, Nobody Fits You Like Lane Bryant. And. 2014 to a president hashtag I'm no angel hashtag plus is equal, hashtag this is body there there you go came from Lithuania started this company that's why I was really thinking about making instead of the truck stop making the, um, my company instead but I didn't really I, I don't know the information could be on Google or everything could be true false disgruntled employees. I tried to get the recruiter to help me, but I guess he's just too busy, so I went with that. So the Lane Bryant, just back here, Lane Bryant shooting was insane. mean you know, all that? The Lane Bryant store was in a shopping center to house a Super Target, Kohl's, pet stores, and restaurants. The identity of the shooter remains unknown to this day. Police re- released a sketch of the suspect, received two dozen leads on the very first day. On the gun, on the day of the gunman, entered the Silling Park Lane Bryant. Store shortly after open up at 10 a.m., the man posed as the delivery person. On the morning of the shooting, the Tinley Park Lane Bryant store was having a large clearance sale. Manager Rhonda McFarland knew her associates would need help with the extra foot traffic, so she came in on her day off. Before opening the store that morning, Rhonda had taken all the receipts to the bank. Then she was a with, her, with a part-time unnamed uh, sales associate which nobody should go unnamed because she she's one of the survivors she was she's the only survivor of this Sales associated opened up the store as planned at 10 a.m. eight minutes later a man entered the store he had paperwork it said he was a delivery man the sales associated greeted him while Rhonda began organizing things behind the register the man looked around the store then he pulled out a 40 caliber Glock he said he was there to rob the store pointing the gun at the women the perpetrator instructed them to empty the register, which only contained $200. But like I said, they had just opened. They probably just had their standard till money in it, so not much. Then two customers entered the store. The gunman shuffled all four women to the back room, made them bind each other's wrists behind their backs, and duct taped once they you know, bound. He instructed them to lay face down on the floor. Now, if you go to my, I have a TikTok channel it's called sceneries and cemeteries i did stop right outside because like i guess as a tj max now i did do a video from outside of the facility so if you want to go see that or just subscribe check out my TikTok channel sceneries and cemeteries so while well, tending to the back to lane Bryant, but yeah that's the story you can see i bet you from that video that the door that i'm recording there is probably the door as a matter of fact, I'm hundred percent sure that's the door that this perpetrator escaped from. So while tending to his, hosti- you know, the the three women, two more customers entered the store. No, four women. I'm sorry, two more customers entered the store. The robber grabbed them and forced them into the back room. Again, they were bound. Bound. One of the customers actually fought back. I'll get to her name. The customers were a 37 year old county, Wolfock, a mortgage lender, and a single mom with two sons. 34-year-old Jennifer Bishop was visiting, visiting from Chicago, South Bend, with her husband. She was a nurse and a mother to three. 33-year-old Carrie Chaiso was a school counselor. 22-year-old Sarah Savinsky was shopping that morning for clothes to wear to her new job at CNN, CNA Financial in Chicago. The man went through the women's purses and stole money and other belongings. Once he was distracted, Rhonda made her move. She 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 had her cell phone nearby. She was able to get her hands free and use her cell phone to call nine one one. At ten forty five a.m., the telling Park police officer had only released. You know, at this time, the the only partial. Let me read again. She was able to get her hands free and call the herself with her cell phone, nine one one at ten forty four. The Tinley Park have released part of the 911 call. You can hear Rhonda whisper, Lane Bryant, you know, trying to be real quiet at the start of the call. And in the background, you can hear this guy talking about how he's losing it. He's losing it, but then that's when he saw what she, she was doing. But, yeah, when the dispatch put out the call to the Tinley Park Police Department, the officer that was just a few hundred miles hundred miles away, no, she a few hundred yards away at the Super Target, the officer arrived with the scene within two minutes, so he was right there. Of course, she's probably kind of leery, but by that time, you know, she made the phone call, noticed what she's doing, and that's when he decided to execute him. Now, the part-time sales associate that did survive, she was lucky. She turned her head at the last second and just kind of graced her somehow. But after that, she was just, she just played dead. And this is where the description of the perpetrator come from. The shopping center was closed and locked down while being searched. It was reopened after police found that the gunman had left the media area. Shoppers described it as a tense situation after the shooting. One person, Selena Kujawa, I was so scared I couldn't think who who was in the Target store across from the William Bryant, according to the Associated Press. She and other customers watched as police checked dials with weapons drawn the AP reported there was a similar scene in the pet store nearby, which both these places are still open. Another person, Tracy, a woman named Tracy Casavala reported, said that there were six police officers in the store with their hands on their guns and host was ready just looking for this guy. they don't know where they're at. They don't know what this guy looking, so they're just, looks like. So they're just searching all the nearby stores because he could have hidden them. Authorities believe there is only one shooter. Helicopters help in search for the gunman who is no longer believed in the immediate area. He said authorities were downloading surveillance video from the business this is within a mile and a half of the Lane Bryant store to see if the cameras captured the gunman. And they didn't really capture the gunman, but they did find like different vehicles. And here's what they found at 10:39 a.m. shortly before 911 call was made from inside the store, a van or SUV arrives in front of the store. Now keep in mind, this is all grainy footage. You know, front of the store and parks head-on direct in the front of the door. At 10.40 a.m., another car arrives and parks near, park nearby. What's, mo- what's more, at 10.45 a.m., the vehicle leaves and less than a minute later, the other vehicle departs. The vehicle leaves right around the same time the police believe the killer would be leaving the area. Now police are hoping to use these grainy images to help I- identify the vehicles. Cops think that the police think that the vehicles at very least contain witnesses to the crime and could even be linked to the killer. A $100,000 reward ha- half of which was donated by the Lane Bryant's parent company Charmin Shops and Corps, Inc was offered for information leading to gunsman's arrest on February 6, 2008. Lane Bryant you know, announced the establishment of the Lane Bryant Tenley Park Memorial Fund in honor of the five women who were killed. Lane Bryant also offered to pay for the victims' funeral. so that's nice of them. And the Steve Wilcox show. Actually, I don't know if you know who the Steve Wilcox show. Wilcox, Steve show, Wilcox, I guess that's his name. He was part. He was one of the security guys for Jerry Springer show. And they kind of branched off. To do his own show, I never, I couldn't stand the show. He just get people there on different things and uses a platform to yell at people who couldn't say nothing. That he'll turn to just be a big bully on their show, kind of like the Jerry Springer show where Jerry Springer would just kind of stay out, but he'll actually insert himself and just down talk, even if there don't, there's no need for it. He he would still do that. I guess that's what he. But people like that stuff. But yeah, being taped from in Chicago, like Jerry Springer profiled profiled the suspect of the shooting at the end of 1s episode since the incident for nearly six years the tinley park lane brine store where gumma executed five women was stood as an empty reminder of the unsolved crime the story building itself remained unused until november 13 uh, november of 2013 when tj maxx took over for the use of a retail outlet the gunman was described as an african-american man five foot nine inches tall and weighing about 230 260 pounds he was wearing a waist-length black winter coat black cap and dark jeans now this description did come from and I said the woman who did survived actually which is going up because they left her nobody knows what her name was she was feared of retaliation because of course is unsolved and they don't want to put her name out the public just in case of this guy tries to look her up but this is the description that she gave the police. He was a male, black, five nine to six foot, two hundred to two thirty, two hundred thirty pounds. Did I, well, we got all that. Black. The killer had three to five puppy cornrows pulled back. The killer had a braid over the right ear that had four light green beads. Eyes was unknown. Phys, other physical characteristics. Cops say the suspect was a husky build there's no signs of scars or tattoos no need i don't know about that because what he was wearing trace habits. police described the possible suspect as wearing a dark colored below the waist length winter coat they say he had black jeans on with an embryo embry on the black pocket similar to a of g if, if that makes any sense to you what i just told you he had a g on the back pocket this uh, but i need to get back in i'm so out of practice on talking on this thing i need to get back into this the suspect was wearing a charcoal gray skull cap on the morning on saturday february 2nd 2008 a lone gunman shot and killed five females in chicago area women closing stores yeah so there you go that's this description about them some other notes about this is at the aftermath was you know of course they like said to this day now there are some similar ones you know murders that happened not too far which i'm not going into that some people are trying to say they're related to each other but after researching everything I just don't see other than using the same weapon 40 you know I, there's really no other connection besides those mass murder and with the use of a 40 clock so yeah nearly for nearly six years the Tilling Park Lane Bryant Store where a gunman executed five men woman has stood as an empty reminder of the unsolved crime like I said alright I had to stop for a while I'm curious a lot of times I do stop a lot of recordings can you all tell when I pause the recording and go back let me know I'll try to do all this if this if you can really tell when I break into action I know a lot of youtubers I mean I like the shows but you could tell when they take breaks between things because their figure kind of shifts but all right back where I was at I had to move my truck I think it's running right now. Well, I know it's running. You might hear that in the background. Because I have the optimized idle on, it keeps the battery, so I can keep my air conditioning running and stuff like that. And don't have the idle of the truck. Just charging the batteries. So back where I was at. Catherine Sarino said that she shops she's a customer, former near the former, shops near the former lane. Let me start that again. I know I'm if you're still with me. After all this, I'm trying to get back into things. I'm not going to try to butcher up. I, I record this once, and the editing was just so I just ended up deleting it. I'm just going to run with it. You, it'll get better as time progresses once I get back into the recording, which hopefully I do have a guest coming. that Hopefully, my next episode will have this wonderful individual, Hannah from Texas 1031. I'm trying to get her on board for an episode or two. If you have not heard about that, they're Texas 1031. Yeah, go check them out. They do Texas 1031 because it's Halloween. they end their shows with Happy Halloween. But they do shows out of Texas, tree Crime shows. It starts off with two, but since a move, well, I'm not going to get too much in their business. But, yeah, check them out. I enjoy them. And so, yeah, the, back to where I was saying, Catherine says she shops near the former Lane Bryant often. Pause to reflect on the victims. I would sometimes stop at the Target parking lot and would just look across to give a moment of silence to recognize people people died there, she said. On Thursday, on that day, I should have wrote the day, I have Thursday, the 23,000 square foot retail space will reopen as a TJ Maxx, welcoming customers into the store for the first time since the slam. The building was tragic the building with tragic pasts are known as stigmatized properties according to real estate experts how communities deal with these such facilities varies like for example school officials in newton county connecticut decided to tear down sandy hook elementary i don't know if you've been paying attention to news boy oh, whoa, oh boy that asshole i'm not even gonna say his name just because he's an asshole he's oh, shit he's getting sued big time for a lot of the shit that he started because of that ruin a lot of, I mean they already lost their kids and this asshole wants to go on social media and get a lot of people turned against them saying it was fake unacceptable but yeah they tore it down to build a new one in the site after shooting there in the in palestine and not too far from here in palestine the brown chicken and pasta restaurant where seven people were shot and killed in 1993 became a dry cleaners before it was sold and tore down in 2001 so a lot of people think Maybe this should have been torn down as well. As years passed, some residents have pressed for a memorial at the site, while others advocated tearing down the building. Kelly Park Mayor Ed Zabrowski, Zabrowski said police polled the victims' families, and the consensus was against putting up a shrine, he said. Some people said, well, I'll never shop there. Others said, it doesn't make any difference. We go, we'll go on and... It's everybody's individual. In a statement, TJ Maxx parent company said it was unaware of the former Lane Bryant location's past when the lease of the property was signed. (coughs) Excuse me. Doran Thompson, vice president of the corporate communications, declined to discuss whether TJ Maxx would have moved into space in the Brookside marketplace if they had known the history of it. The company announced a $10,000 donation, $10, donation to Together We Cope, a southern suburban homeless prevention charity run by Traniero, S-T-R-A-N-I-E-R-O, in honor of the victims of the tra- tragic shooting that occurred in this location in 2008. Illinois does not require a seller to disclose that a crime had occurred on the property, said John Broadbook. Director of Communication of the Illinois Association of Realtors. But sellers have a responsibility to disclose defects that could affect the property's value, like being um, seen a murder. The property owner of the place, which is based in Ohio, declined to comment on it, but the company said it in a statement that it would match the $10,000 donation by T.J. Maxx and to put together, we cope in memory for the families. Maurice Hamilton's Hamilton's sister, Rhonda McFarlane, was the manager of Lane Bryant, who called 911, of course, from inside the store before she was killed. Police have already gathered all the evidence from the store. So, Hamilton said it was only a matter of time before the space reopened. So, they all planned, they know it's going to reopen, they're just not going to tear it down. But there's nothing to be mad about, Hamilton said. People are going to going on with their business. So, the Lane Bryant killings have drawn comparisons to the Browns, Restaurants Lane and Palestine. I I think I forget how to talk. <laughs> Doing that. That's my William Shatner speaking. The Lane Brian have drawn comparisons to no stop. That's where I'm wrong. Sorry. Browns red They comparison to the Brown Chicken restaurant flame In the case, two gunmen went into business at the closing time. This is the Brown Chicken time and shot and killed all seven employees, including owner. The crime was unsolved for nearly. A decade until a tip and DNA evidence led to the conviction of James Zagorski and Juan Luna. As workers demolished the Browns' building in 2001, they stopped to let—here's what I thought was cool—they stopped to let the sister of a 16-year-old shooting victim throw a brick through the window of the building. Get some anger, like they sell Forrest rocks. Not forced rocks. Forrest Gump. Sometimes there's just not enough rocks to throw. I'm assuming she probably wanted more. And find the people, dump two assholes who they did arrest, James and Juan, and throw bricks at them. So, yeah, a bank now operates in the new building site. Girl, Tonto, G U I D O T E Tenito bought the former Browns Chicken somewhere else. T E N U T A. I need to learn how to read. (laughs) But anyhow, bought the former Browns building in 2001 as the owner of a nearby grocery. He said he knew relatives of the victims who hated to look at the property. He said, I felt pretty good about it, he said, of demolishing it. It was an ugly thing to look at every day because a lot of people lost their life there. It was at least, it was the best thing I could do with the property. So, just nice. I know I had a relative; they still have not built on. I have uh, my aunt, you know, just well. I call her my aunt. Her and her um, five children died in a fire in Stockville, Illinois, and they still have not built nothing there. This just the one of these days I would like to make a memorial for her. I think we'll see. Hopefully, in the future. We had Tinley Park Trustee Dave Seaman noted that the area of the shopping center was where TJ Maxx is open is undergoing renovation, so they're trying to make it different. I think the people who lost their lives will forever memorialize it but it's not the building that serves the memory it's what each individual was. Uh, Seaman said hopefully what what hopefully that's respected not forgotten respected not forgotten hopefully we'll get the bad guy who did it so let's talk about the victims of this let's start off with Rhonda McFarlane nice says she was the manager now this information is on Find the Grave, I'm going to go over some information by each victim. of course I can't go over the unnamed one who identified the individual because like I said, t- to, to this day nobody, you know, her name was never released to the public. But yeah, Rhonda C. McFarland, age 42, died, I'm going to read what it says off of Find the Grave. I, I couldn't put any. but I'm not even going to try to rewrite it because what they said about these five women, this is perfect you know, about to describe some where they're at I'll tell you if you want to go if you live in the Chicago area and say you want to you know, do some visiting. Only one of the women are not buried. She was cremated. But let's go with Rhonda McFarland, age forty two, died Saturday, February second, two thousand eight, in Tinley Park, Illinois. Born in Joliet, L T H class of nineteen eighty four. US she was an Air Force veteran, formerly employed at Nicar Corp served as associate pastor, Embassy Christian Center, currently managing the Lane Bryant store in Tinley Park. See one of the theories they have that they think I'm gonna break for a second, they think maybe he was a member of the church that was upset about something that was going on. But I'm not really gonna get into that because this is about her, not theories or rumors or nothing like that. This just I'm gonna try I try I do try to stay to the fact. So she was a giving person, McFarland, ordained minister who began working at the clothing retail after her Crest Hill church closed. Spent the past two years as a storage manager, store manager. Previously, she, she was a supervisor at Nicar in New Lenox. Her best friend, Sandra McGee of Julia, said the 42-year-old was a hopeful, prayerful woman. Because I knew her so well, I think to the end, Rhonda might have even tried to talk to this man tried to help him she said Mickey said even with her last breath i believe she would have been forgiving him and trying to help him that's what gives me peace in all of this so yeah maybe but like i said after she he so he was losing it i'm going to post the 9-1 i should have posted it on here but you can find it online that i went but it's really not me can barely hear her saying Lane Frank should kind of help you. You know, Lane Bryant, he's in the background. You can hear him. I'm losing it. I'm losing it. But, yeah, the church played a significant role in McFarland's life, her family said. The Lord has an angel in heaven, and her name is Rhonda McFarland, said one family member. McFarland served her country in the Air Force for several years, working as a nurse nurse at Andrews Air Force Base, her family said. Rhonda's passion was helping everybody. If you ran into her, she would have helped you, said her friend Anthony Franklin of Juliet. She was she just was a giving person in every manner of the word. Rana's passions were writing and helping others to find their passion. He said to the end she started a program called Princess Unveiled a few years ago. So she's she's really a good woman. Amazing it sounds like. Basically it was a program to teach girls etiquette and guide them to help them. To grow up to be young productive women franklin said she did have plans to continue it and she was planning to expand it to other churches around the area so it seems like she was always thinking about others before she was thinking about herself so Rhonda c mcfarland was born january 10 1966 in will joliet illinois here in will county she died february 2nd 2008 she was 42 Tinley park if you want to go visit her and put a flower on her grave you could go to woodland memorial park in joliet illinois her memorial id is 2448-3359 so there is Rhonda, and next we're talking about sarah szynski hope i'm saying that right sarfranski 22 of oak forest illinois was killed this is back like i said find the grave was killed during a robbery at the Lane Bryant in Tenley Park, Illinois. Sarah was 22, beloved daughter of Mary Catherine and Ted Savronsky, and I hate it, Savronsky, Sovronsky. dear sister of TJ and Katie, dear soul mate of Brian villain, cherished granddaughter of Edward and the late Lillian Leeson, the late Theodore and Lottie Savinsky. Loving niece of Ray, Barbara, Stance, Ed, Le- Leeson, Tom, Leeson. Devote. Let me go back to it because they have parentheses in this. Loving niece of Ray, it has Joan Savinsky, Barbara, m- Michelle, Michael, Michelle, Stance, Ed, Debbie, Leeson, Tom, Pat, Leeson. Devoted cousin and friend to many visits. And they go on with the visitation 3 to 9 p.m. And if you want to visit. Sarah Therese T-H-E-R-E-S-E, Sivransky. She was born May 26, 1985, t- February 2, February second, two 2008. She was 22 years old. She was from Tilling Park. And if you want to go put a flower by her grave, go to Good Shepherd Catholic Cemetery in Orland Park. Her memorial, she's plot, Section 7, Block 49, Lot nine grave three. Her lot ID is two four three five seven one one nine. I add all that the information about the memorial ID just in case if you get there and you do want to pay respect to them, you could give give them that information and maybe they could find it. So we're going to Connie R. folk wolf folk wolf, wolf. and I'm going to start with where she's buried at first because that's how I got in my nose. Connie, our wolf folk, birth August 4th, 1970. So, me and her the same age. I was born in November, but she's a few months older than me. She died February 2nd, 2008. She was age 37 in Tilling Park, but she was cremated. This is the woman that fought back when he came in because there was um defense. He had defensive. She- well, of course, I'm about to say he had. She had defensive wounds on her, so she was not going down without a fight. Connie, 37, of Flossburg, Illinois, was killed in a robbery at Lane Bryant's store in Killing Park, Illinois. From the South Town Star, Connie Wolfuck was looking forward to a fun night Saturday. That Saturday, the devoted single mother had scheduled a manicure and pedicure and had said, had paid a visit to Lane Bryant looking for an outfit to wear for her girls' night out. So she was going out to have a good time. nothing wrong with that. So Connie Thurston was a popular, hard mother of two boys. She had plans to go out with one or two friends. I think she was just looking for something new to go out, something new 16-year-old son, Victor Rodriguez, attends homewood Fosemore School. So they're still very young. The straight-A Crete-Money High School graduate once worked for the Village of Park Forest. She was fantastic at everything she did, said Tom Wick, Village Manager of the Park Forest, where, where she worked from 1999 to 2006. She was tremendously upbeat. She could take the angriest customer that came into the Village Hall worked them work with them to do a a 180 on their attitude so she worked she knew how to talk to people Flosphomore mayor Roger Malisski reflected on her life saying the entire community is mourning the victim of the Lane bright massacre we are obviously saddened by this whole situation this is from newspaper by the way I'm um, gonna we'll read straight from the article whiskey said I just I was just with the father on Friday, it is such a shock. <clears throat> Excuse me. of Flossmore served the village of Park Forest in a variety of positions, working in the finance and community development departments. Connie was just a great person in general, Mick said. People rem- remember her by her smile and her personality. Friends and family said that she recently had a, started a mortgage company with her mother and worked towards bringing economic development to Park Forest. So she was looking to do she has some big things going on. She was fantastic in everything that she did, said Tom, make a village manager of the Park Forest where she worked at, where worked for, I'm already read that. But there you go. Connie was just a great person. And uh, Carrie Caruso, she was born January 12, 1975. Of course, she. I'm not gonna go over the date. All the dates is February 2nd, 2008. She was age 33. Tinley Park. She died. That's where she died. She was in St. Mary's. If you want to go visit her, St. Mary's Cemetery in Monica, Will County, Illinois. But Mo- she does not have a Memorial ID, so I can't give that. But Carrie, 33, Franklin, Illinois, was killed when a lane Bryant, when a lane Bryant in Tinley Park. That's where it's roached. In Lane Bryant, Tinley Park, Illinois, was robbed. Carrie was remembered as a loving wife who devoted her life to counseling teens. She graduated from homewood home with Community High School in 1993 and was returned to her alma mater 10 years later as a social worker, meeting one-on-one with students who had personal problems. Carrie you know, of Franklin Park, beloved wife of Anthony Chiuso, C-H-I-U-S-O, loving daughter of Don and Penny Hubick. Dear sister of Miss Michelle or Jennifer Hubbock. Cherish Ann of Madison and CJ Hubbock. Daughter-in-law of Anthony and Rita Chiso. Chiso? C-H-I, Chiso. That's why I pronounced her I said Chiso. Sister-in-law of Deanna, but just goes over all her family. From the Southtown star, Carrie Hubbock Chiso was the life of the party. an Outgoing, outspoken woman who lived everyday with a parable joy. From the first time I met her, it was her smile that captivated me. Her husband Tony said on Sunday, that Sunday of right after happened have been crying, as you remember, the first chance mean at Morgan's bar and grill in Monika, Moquina. I'm going to do a case out there about a kid who killed his sister, but enough of, I'm not going to get into that. But that's down the line. I can't stop thinking about her. I just knew she was the one carrie worked as a counselor at her alma mater at the high school a job her husband said she loved dearly tony described their whirlwind romance that started with their first date at buffalo wild wings also which at the bar i guess that's where they're going to party from the party there but i guess they messed up wild wings seven months later he proposed her chicago hotel suite decorated with candles rose petals and toy frogs let her know that she had found her prince that's something her saying yes i felt like the luckiest man he ever said in this planet he said luckiest man he said the two married on june 10 2006 at st joseph church in homewood with a reception at Olympia fields country club i know where all that's at so it's not too bad real nice area that was the happiest day of my life he said just being able to share her and share that moment with her on the altar and looking in her eyes and telling her how much I love her. If his wedding day was the best day of his life, but Saturday was the worst. So, yeah, so another amazing woman. All these women just seems like they're, well, n- not seem like they are amazing. So, we did lose some angels on this planet when this monster came in here and shot her. Unless, we're talking about Jenny Bishop was born January 29th. Did I say where she was? Yeah, I think I did, yeah. I did say where she was buried. I couldn't remember. But, yeah, let me go back. Just in case if I didn't, Let's carry. is buried in her moment. You can lay flowers if you want to in St. Mary's Cemetery in Mokina in Illinois. It's in Will County. So, let's go back. Yeah, Jenny Bishop was um Born July 26, 1997. I don't know, man. It's been a while since I did this. I guess I can't keep up talking. But yeah, in St. Bravo Catholic Church in Mishawaka, Indiana, Jenny was a, was a 1992 Marion High School graduate where she was known for her basketball and softball skills. She graduated from Indiana University with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing in 1996. She had been employed by Memorial Hospital in South Bend, Indiana since 1995. Her most recent asset was in the ICU. Her fellow nurses described her as a compassionate, caring, and knowledgeable and effective nurse. She was most proud of her recent promotion to charge nurse and added the responsibilities it brought. Jennifer was a loving, caring mo- wife, mother, sister, and daughter. She brought joy to the family, children and family. Her children were her life. They were bright, inquisitive, Happy children do greatly to their wonderful mother. Jenny loves spending time with her family. Cottage of Birch Lake in Michigan with her family Couch Birch in Michigan and was there with her family most summer weekends. So she went there a lot. She also enjoyed vacationing with the bishops at their Orlando attractions. Escaping Fe- February cold, Jenny often was involved with her children, nieces, nephews at various schools and athletic functions. Helping out and cheering them up, cheering, cheering them on. Jenny will be greatly missed by her family and friends, and we love you, Jen. That's what they said. So Jennifer, if you want to put a flower by her grave, you look up find a grave. January, she was born January 29, 1974, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Of course, February 2nd 2008, when she lost her life at age 34. She is buried in Tinley Park County Burial burial details unknown about her but her memorial ID is 24482584 so we got to find her but yeah Jennifer Lynn Van Huffle Bishop there are the women who lost their lives and like I said it was kind of hard I don't know if you could tell it's kind of hard to talk about these women because they seem so amazing and one for any life is loss of a life is horrific you know, on these circumstances, they didn't deserve this. They were just trying to go about their day, go to clubs, you know, South Close. Ron McFarland was coming in to help out her fellow employees because she knew they were going to be swamped with work. So, and like I said, it is still unsolved to this day. Nobody knows. They have suspects, and but no, nothing is still open. So if you know, there's a lot of rewards. But yeah, the five deceased victims were jennifer l bishop age 34 of south Bend, indiana I like a recap carrie hudick chiso chuso 33 of frankfurt Rhonda mcfarlane 42 of joliet she was the store manager sarah t Zavinsky, 22 of oak forest and connie r wolf 37 of flossmore and of course the police withheld the age and identity of the surviving victim the part-time employee, because they're afraid of something might happen. Also, if you want to know more about this, and you know, that perpetrator might come try to take her out because she is the eyewitness to this thing. So, if they ever do arrest them, she could be eyewitness and verify who it is. Also, also America's Most Wanted on episodes on May 15, 2010, December 20, 2008, March 15, 2008, and February 16, 2008, that's all the dates of where this was talked about. So there you go hopefully you're still around and dealt with all my mushroom mouth and staggering and mispronunciations of names but like I said it's been a while since I did this I've been going through a little issue I didn't realize not getting a job at the Plinsky unit will bother me so much but I need to get back into it because I gotta get ready for the 2022 podcast festival coming in Dallas so if you're out there come check us out I think tickets are still on sale you could go, or if you just want to hang out with me, there's a bar at the hotel. I'll put all the information and links about where this is going to be at. You can join me and have a couple drinks. Also, if you do go, my live performance, I'm going to do a live recording of a case in Pennsylvania that is crazy. So you come listen to that. Also, I'm going to be on Spotify live, Spotify live on that recording. So once I find out the details, I'll share it on my social medias, and you can listen in, too, if you want to. And as for social medias, let's go with that. I have a Facebook page, a group called Murder and True Crime. You can check out, join my group. I'm trying to really build that up and get some people. We need some talkative people, and it seems like lately I'm the only one talking. Uh, so on Instagram, Murder, Twitter, at, at, at TruckMurder, or you can email me with all your hate emails and stuff like that, talking about how I'm a babbling buffoon and can't pronounce names right. <laughs> Heck trucks.murder at gmail.com also at the same you could do Paypal if you want to help support this maybe get better equipment which I'm hoping to one day you could do also Paypal trucks.murder at gmail.com also I'm on Patreon I haven't put no episodes out yet but as of now I'm going to really try to get into it I'm going to try to put out some bonus episodes where I do overseas ones I'm going to keep the United States ones in my regular episodes but I'm going to try to do foreign ones on my patreon so hopefully you'll we'll see you there but mainly i will like to see you at the 2022 podcast festival all right then well that ends my episode hopefully you enjoyed it and as always like i say you can't fix stupid but you can sure numb it with a two by four and episodes in the future will be way better than this alright Yeah, I have a good one <laughs> Thank you.